Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Jay Lagadier. Every morning, I would spend 20 to 25 minutes and I would go through this mental gymnastics of seeing, feeling, smelling, tasting, touching my business at X level. And so when I got back into the business, I was so aligned emotionally and I was so aligned spiritually on the vision I wanted for my business. Yeah. So instead of doubling it, we tripled the business. And that's that mindset shift that occurred. So the transformations and breakthroughs through meditation are really untold. It's a remarkable tool. Hello and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I speak with amazing people who share what makes their business work. And if you're new to the show while you still have your device in your hand, take a second to subscribe. That way you won't miss a thing. So I've said this many times on this show. We all have access to the same information. So why don't we all see the same success? And today, I think we might be talking about that a little bit more than normal. Today, I'm excited to finally be welcoming best-selling author of Triple P Life, Your GPS to Success, and the host of the Power, Passion, and Prosperity podcast, Jay LaGuardia, Dr. Jay LaGuardia. Sorry, whenever you've earned a doctor, I gotta say doctor. Great to finally meet you and welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob, for having me. Really excited to be here. I think it's gonna be a great conversation. I think so. And honestly, I've spent a little bit of time before each interview preparing what are we going to talk about and a lot of the time it's tech and tactics and we'll probably speak about some of that but not so often about the the person the person that's taken this journey as an entrepreneur and what makes them tick what makes them more effective and what makes them more powerful so that's why I'm really excited to speak to you today so for the listener who doesn't know Dr. Jay LaGuardia can you maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are where you are and the kind of work you do and a bit of background Well, I'm in the States. I'm in uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which is about 75 miles east of Minneapolis, which is the upper Midwest, only a few hours from the the Canadian border. So it gets very cold here. And I consider myself an entrepreneurial enthusiast. I've been an entrepreneur since I've been a little kid. And even though it wasn't called entrepreneurship back in the day, you know, you just, uh, you got got started and you got rolling. And at first, I, I became a chiropractor, practiced for 25 years, and uh, I had a, a string of clinics, and other professionals would reach out and ask, hey, you've built one of the biggest practices in the country, if not the world, can you teach us how to do it? And, and so, of my good nature, uh, I started to mentor these people. And then it became, as I realized, it was a lot of work, it was a lot of proprietary information that I had created. And so I realized that uh, if I was going to continue to do it, I turned it into a business. So I began coaching. And that evolved into coaching other entrepreneurs in a variety of businesses. And so about eight years ago, I retired from practice. And now, as you mentioned, I have a podcast. We have a company called Power, Passion, Prosperity, Triple P Life. And I work with entrepreneurs to help them grow personally and professionally so they can expand their life to achieve what is called the Triple P Life, which is about empowering dreams, igniting passion, and accelerating prosperity in the key areas of life, which is mental, physical, spiritual, and financial. So I I say I don't work anymore. I haven't worked in a long time. I don't have to work. I do this because I love to. I've been fortunate enough to be very successful in my entrepreneurial endeavors. So this is my labor of love where I get to practice my zone of genius and which is really mentoring, teaching, and leading and empowering people to achieve their dreams. 
So when you were seeing this success as a chiropractor, I'm pretty sure you looked around yourself and you knew what it was that other people weren't doing. I guess in many respects, that's kind of what your business is now. But if you were to take the average business owner and you look at them and you think, I know that if you were to just change this one thing, everything would be easier for you. Do you ever sort of have the one thing that you you keep going back to again and again? It's a great question. So to give you some perspective, you had mentioned, you know, I would look around and see other people and what they weren't, uh, what they were missing to experience the type of success that they desired. Well, my initial foray into entrepreneurship, I struggled mightily to the point where I nearly lost my business, almost went bankrupt, almost lost my marriage, my family, the whole nine yards. And the reality was, is I wasn't the leader I needed to be because I wasn't the person I needed to be. Through some past traumas, uh, I was dealing with a lot of anger and resentment and abandonment issues. And so I wasn't, you know, the guy to, to lead my business, my organization, and the people within that organization. And so my wife at the time, who was my business partner, basically gave me an ultimatum. You need to get help or this is not going to work and we're done. And that may sound a little harsh, and I know she, you know, was all in, but basically she was crying for help, that our relationship and our business was crying for help. So a friend of mine, as the universe typically works, right, when you put it out there, opportunities begin to flow to you, said to me, said, hey, man, I met this guy I started to coach with. I think you might want to give him a call. And so I did. I said to him, you know, I'm not calling because I want to. I'm calling because I'm being encouraged to do so. I don't really, at the time, I didn't think I needed help. I thought I had all the answers. I could figure it out on my own. I was resistant to help. You know, it was that assertive personality. I'll do it on my own. I'll figure it out on my own. And that's one of the most destructive mindsets that any person who wants to grow can have because it's the network that you surround yourself, which is going to elevate your mindset, your consciousness, and therefore your actions. So anyway, I sat down, we had a conversation. He said, Jay, tell me exactly what's going on in your life and business. So I took the next five to seven minutes and I just verbal vomited all over him, told him everything that was going on outside of me. You know, it was, you know, my employees, it was, you know, our customers, it was the marketing, it was my wife, whatever, right? So when I got done kind of expressing all these things, there was a dead silence on the other line. Almost at the point I thought he hung up and I said, said, are you still there? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I know exactly what's going on and what's wrong. And I'm thinking like, I'm I'm excited. Like finally, someone's going to tell me, right? What do I need to do in my business to change all of this? And this is what he said. It changed my life. It was one of those seminal moments. He said, Jay, your life and your business is waiting for a leader to show up and it's not you. And that was the first time in my life someone ever called me out and held me accountable for who I was, you know, and how I was behaving. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like someone had taken a two by four and just smashed me over the head with it. And so at that moment, I, I thank God that I was humble enough to accept that advice for what it was and realize that it was me. It wasn't every thought, everything outside of me. It was me. And so that began my journey into self-awareness and personal development. And so over the next two to three years, I dug in wholeheartedly to understand what made me tick. 
Why did I act and behave? And more importantly, how do I change? Because change is not easy. Change is hard, especially when you don't have the tools. In fact, it's impossible. So this coach was a, a game changer for me and for my business and for our relationship. My wife and I both owe him everything because you know, we say that if it wasn't for him, we probably would not have been together. We're going to celebrate our 34th anniversary coming up here in just a few weeks. And so I studied and worked and I put my time in and I learned these eight habits of success and I started to implement into my life. And all of a sudden, within just a few months, people began to notice and they would say, hey man, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but you just seem happier you don't seem as edgy. You don't seem as angry. And I could feel it, but I didn't know if other people were noticing. And sure enough, they were. And that was enough fuel for me, like saying, okay, this stuff is really having a difference. It's making a difference in my life. And so I kept it onto it. So try to condense this even further. And so this was about two to three years. I was really working on the personal development and the leadership, learning about leadership. What is leadership? And by the way, before you can lead others, you have to learn how to lead yourself, which is a very key aspect of leadership. And so we wound up tripling our business in just a matter of just under three years. So we took a seven-figure business and we tripled it. And the only thing that changed was me the leader. We made some changes within the business as I grew and understand because I, even at that time, I didn't understand business as well as I needed to. And he helped me with that as, as well. So to get to the conclusion here and the answer, right? It's all about you. If you're not growing, your business is not growing. If you're not growing, your life's not growing. So I realize every day I need to set time aside to continually to work and develop and grow me so I can grow every aspect of my life. It was fascinating listening to that. I have so many places I want to go, but what was most interesting was as you were saying it, I was writing, your business will grow when you grow because we were having a conversation about who introduced us beforehand, Holly McHugh. And the quote that I most often comes from a conversation I had with her, this is the second most common quote that I offer. Can't actually remember off the top of my head who that was. What you spoke about is understanding that you have barriers to success, habits that are unhelpful, mindsets that are not really conducive to growth. A lot of people will identify with that. But what often happens is, in fact, I think this probably happens most of the time. People simply settle into who they are. They accept those barriers. They accept those limitations. They don't grow. They don't change. That process of change is so much harder than simply recognizing where there are issues. So I'm really curious to ask what those eight habits were, because when I hear about a tool set, I get excited. You know, I'm a simple guy and I like simple processes. And so I found it in my success that implementing simple processes then become repeatable. And, and then the more you can do that, it then becomes a new default setting. So shifting your mindset, one, with all these limiting beliefs and, and negative toxic emotions that I was steeped in, were transformed based on these particular eight habits. And in the first book I wrote, I wrote Change Your Mind, Change Your Destiny, I tell my story and how I implemented each of these habits. And then I give very specific guidelines how to implement into your own life. And I just want to take a quick second 
so people can understand that this is not some eerie theory kind of stuff. This is based on the most updated neuroscience as it relates to cognitive and brain function. Our brains are made up of trillions of neurons, and neurons are brain cells. And each of those neurons can have up to 100,000 connections. So we're talking, you know, a ridiculous number, quadrillion connections that we can have. And those connections are when we spark a thought, it fires off an electric signal, signal that then connects to another neuron. Now, if we have that repeated thought over and over and over, it creates a bond. Think of it as a, um, a cable and it starts to wrap itself. And then that cable, the more we have that thought, the thicker and stronger it becomes. So I'm talking theoretically here. So then what happens is, is when a stimuli occurs, those patterns that have been developed and are the strongest are the ones that fire most frequently. So let's say every time you're stressed, the first response is anger. It's the because it's the strongest link that's occurred within the brain. So this process that I'll go through, the eight habits here, creates new neural networks by firing and wiring the brain in a very different way than the brain is or has been up to that point. So again, I was angry, toxic, you know, fear of abandonment. Those were my set points when I was stressed. And so those limiting beliefs were holding me back personally and professionally, my relationships and so on and so forth. So these processes began to rewire my brain in such a way that not only would create a new default mindset, would but also break the old linkages so I'm no longer held hostage by those old belief systems. Those eight habits are, number one is dreaming, two is mentorship, three is authenticity, four is gratitude, five is core values, six is meditation, seven are affirmations, and eight is goal setting. And if you want, I can go through each one a little in some detail, but that, those are the eight habits that completely rewired my mindset and changed. So Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who does an amazing work with this, if your listening audience is not familiar with his work and, and they're interested, I would definitely check out Dr. Dispenza. He wrote a book, Breaking the Habit of You, is all about this concept, and he gets in depth about the neuroscience and how it and how it works more specifically. But I gave you kind of an oversight. So this is real, right? This is not, oh, it sounds great, doesn't really work. No, it does. It takes a little time, takes some consistency, and it takes a commitment. But that's how you change one of the most nox negative, toxic, angry individuals in the most positive, hopeful, loving, and kind. Do I still get angry? Sure. Do I still have those other emotions? Sure, but they're not my default setting. And now I'm aware of those emotions because I live in a state of awareness. So I can then be intentional and choose the emotion that I want. And it becomes so much more easy because my new default setting is now those empowering high tone vibrational energies that I mentioned as far as love, joy, positiveness, gratitude, et cetera. I think what's really interesting about those eight is if I look at what are the barriers to success around building a business around your expertise, what you would call the personal brand business owner, it, a lot of the time it isn't the tech, it isn't the tactics. It's things like an ability to have a really strong vision. It's a bit of discipline. It's building a great network, being a creative person, having a positive mindset, pushing through the things that most people wouldn't. 
giving the impression of confidence because nobody's really all that confident. And yes, a bit of specialist knowledge, you kind of need that at the heart of your business. But the barriers to a lot of that, they're never really technical or tactical. The technical and the tactical problems, they're more of a symptom rather than the cause of the problems. Mm-hmm. What you described there in those eight habits, they offer a really clear pathway, a really clear toolkit to rewiring for success in a way that I think is really quite exciting. Entrepreneurs, they're willing to do the work, but they want to do the work that works. And this for me is really exciting. I haven't heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wrote it down. I'm going to go and read the book because for me, this is the bigger issue. It's rewiring your mind for success. Everybody has a zone of genius. Everybody has an area of greatness, but they don't give themselves permission to express it or they get bogged down or distracted or held down by their own limiting limiting beliefs, as you said. So this is really exciting. So sorry, go, go ahead. Yeah. What I was just going to say is, you know, I've been, I've been coaching high performing entrepreneurs for a really long time now, and I don't care where you're at. And let's just use the, you know, the, the monetary, if, if you've got a, a business that does a half a million or does 5 million or does a hundred million, I don't care who you are. At some point along that journey, in fact, every level of that journey, you're going to run into obstacles, typically that are rooted in some sort of limited belief concept that we have about ourselves. So like, take for example, let's say your business does 10 million a year and you've been doing that the last couple of years. You're like, well, that's great. How do I get to 20? Well, until you break through that next level, whatever is that psychological barrier, because it usually starts first in mindset right? Because I can teach you the tactics, as you mentioned, or the technical aspect to grow your business 100% over the next two years. But if your mindset doesn't shift, your actions won't match the type of effort necessary to scale your business to that particular level. That's why I always say growing people grow businesses. So if wherever you're at, and if you've been there a while, it's a telltale sign that something needs to shift and change. And it usually starts within you or within your leadership team, right? So it's not, you know, as, as businesses grow and you start to expand your, your leadership team, your board, whatever it might be, sometimes it's the board that's stuck that needs to, you know, come together and, and, and expand their consciousness so they can grow to the next level. So it's a really important distinction I just wanted to make. No, and I think that's really, really valuable. I think something that I often think about is people seem to have a success thermostat. It's like they, they reach a certain level of success and then every time they move beyond it, self-sabotage seems to creep in or external circumstances appear to creep in and they just never really move beyond it. And everybody's thermostat is set different. Yeah, for one person, it might be, it might be 30 grand a year. For another person, it might be 100. For another person, it might be a million. But finding a method of resetting that thermostat so that it's just set a little hotter. That for me has always been a bit of a struggle. How do you help people through that? So in your practice, what does this look like in real terms when you're working with clients? So I always start out first with, you know, it's funny, I just onboarded a new client uh, just a couple of days ago. And this individual who started has some very specific goals for his business, which is fantastic, right? It always starts with a vision first. You mentioned that before. I find that so many entrepreneurs, once they're in the throes of doing the day-to-day work, 
they get caught up in that mindset that they lose focus of what the ultimate vision of the business is. So a lack of clarity creates confusion and confusion leads to paralysis. So the first thing always is to clarify what's the end result. For some entrepreneurs, it may be scaling. For some entrepreneurs, is 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 to develop an exit strategy. Some entrepreneurs, it may be to expand product lines or services. You know, whatever the goal might be, let's let's really define what that looks like. And then, of course, understanding is then working backwards. What do we need to do to create to make that happen? But before we start to look at the strategic side of it. I dive deep into that individual. Now, again, if it's a uh, if it's a board, we do it collectively. If it's an individual, we we, we work one on one. I need to know where their headspace is at. I need to know what are some of their fears, right? What are their what are their objections? What are their concerns? And then, utilizing these eight habits, I then give them tools how to work through it with these specific tools as we're working on the strategic side. But I notice, but if if I notice that if we begin to get bogged down, I always go back to the personal side, right? To find out where the mental block is occurring. You mentioned the word self-sabotage. This is not uncommon for high achievers because many of us deal with a deservedness problem. Another, we have a self-worth issue. So you talked about a set point. So if I have a $5 million, I feel, like, I feel like I deserve that, but I don't feel like I deserve $10 million. Now, they may not f- say that consciously, but deep down in the recesses of their subconscious mind, they feel that, right? And pick a number, right? It could be yeah. anywhere along that, along that line. So oftentimes, self-sabotage is due to a lack of worthiness or, the, or deservedness. I had one client I recall. He was uh, an entrepreneur and- we started working together and he started to get, I mean, massive growth. So we were following his statistics and all of a sudden I saw a plateau, which is not unusual, but then I saw a regression. It's like, Keith, what, what's going on here? And what we found out was, is that as a kid, you know, he came from a very modest background. You know, his parents basically ingrained in him that money was evil and people who had it got it unethically. And he was concerned how his parents and his family would view his success. So he began to self-sabotage. Took us a while to work through that with him, but it's been a remarkable turnaround. I I think it's astonishing actually how much it depends on our head and our ability to grow. On the one hand, insight is great, but actually moving from that insight towards action and growth is often profoundly difficult. So yeah, I sympathize a lot with Keith. Of the different tool sets that you have, you mentioned the, the eight different areas. Which is the one you get the most resistance to? Oh, that's a great question. Great question. I would say it's not so much resistance. It's the one that it's the most challenging and that's meditation. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For many personality types, I'm a big proponent of when I onboard a client, I have them do the Enneagram personality testing. I'd like to know so much about what makes them click and tick and I want them to understand how their innate personality setting and how to work through that and identify when they're in a positive, healthy, empowering mindset or when they're stressed, what attributes do they um, exhibit so they can be more aware, more conscious. 
But meditation is difficult because many people can't shut off that internal dialogue. And so they hear that meditation is great for quieting the mind to get in touch with that, that voice within the highest, you know, our highest self. And they can't get there because, you know, they're thinking about taking the dog for a walk or, you know, they got to pay the, the light bill or they got to pick up the kids from school, whatever the case may be, right? And so like, I can't do it. And they, and they get so overwhelmed and so frustrated. And I understand that. And so that's the one that, that oftentimes is, is the most challenging for people. But like anything, meditation is a skill set. It takes work. And I say to those people, let's start with 30 seconds, right? Let's just go through some deep breathing exercises, right? Let's slow the heart rate. Let's bring us down from fight or flight into more parasympathetic, which basically means we're more a relaxed state. And as naturally as, as, as we go through these breathing exercises, your, your, your amount of thoughts are just naturally going to decrease. Let's start with a minute, right? Let's do that for a week. And then we'll gradually begin to increase. And so over time, they begin to notice some improvement. Now, for other people, they're like, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm not hearing that internal voice. I'm not hearing that. And I, that's the other part of it, right? I've been meditating for 22 years. And in fact, of the eight habits, the one I started with first was an absolute game changer for me. It's been said that meditation is the most important of these techniques because it, it gets us into the theta state, which is the area where the subconscious mind is the most suggestive. So this is the rewiring portion of the brain. So I'll have them work on a mantra or an affirmation in their meditation just to focus on this. So let's say somebody who's dealing with finances or prosperity issues. So I may have them repeat over and over, I am abundant, I am prosperous, and I attract great wealth into my life easily, right? So I'll have them repeat that over and over and over. And so as they're, as they're doing that and the brain begins to create those new neural linkages, then it allows them to really begin to hear that internal voice. And so it is really a practice over time that if people stay consistent with, we'll see remarkable results. I, I've, had, I've had emotional breakthroughs in meditation. I've had business breakthroughs. I'll give you one example. I had injured myself and I was out of office for, for a couple of months. And during that time, I focused on creating a vision for my business. And so my goal was to double my business. And so what I did was, is I visualized everything using all my senses of my, of my business doubling. And I did that for the entire time that I was gone. So every morning I would spend 20 to 25 minutes and I would go through this mental gymnastics of seeing, feeling, smelling, tasting, touching my business at X level. And so when I got back into the business, I was so aligned emotionally and I was so aligned spiritually on the vision I wanted for my business. This is the time where I said, you know, we tripled. Yeah. So instead of doubling it, we tripled the business. And that's that mindset shift that occurred. So the transformations and breakthroughs through meditation is, are, are really untold. It's a remarkable tool. I think what's really interesting, I'm glad you shared as much as you did, is for a lot of people, meditation is a very private thing. And the problem with meditation is it's a huge landscape. It's everything from the seriously 
Buddhist approach to the Hindu approach, the yoga approach, through to some sort of new agey approaches, through to some very pragmatic approaches like the ones you described. So for the average person to say, okay, meditation, the path into it is very challenging sometimes. I guess a question I'd like to know is from the perspective of somebody who's been involved in that landscape for 20 years, do you have some go-to primers? Say, if you if you want just the basics, this is where I recommend. Yeah, when I first started, I was doing guided meditations. So I would put a headset on and, and, and that was the easiest for me because it, it really worked me through it. So what to focus on, how to breathe, you know, how to get my, my, my body in the right physical state, the, the physical environment around me. So it was almost like a, a meditation for dummies. <laughs> uh, it's actually an interesting story. Yeah. When um, my wife and I were going through all those challenges and it was an incredibly, incredibly stressful time. In fact, I, I was experiencing severe depression and never have had it since, never had it before, but I mean, life was spiraling out of control. So one day my we took our daughter to get some books because she liked to read at night. And we went into this bookstore. Now, mind you, this was 1991. So I'm good. Some of the references are going to be dated here. But we walked into the bookstore and Bob, I can't tell you how or what, but it was definitely the hand of God that drew me to a certain area of the bookstore. I'd never been before. It took me to literally to a section and a shelf. It was the bottom shelf. And on that shelf was a cassette tape by Deepak Chopra, and it was The <laughs> Power of Meditation, right? Guided Meditations. So I bought it. I went home, and I put it in, and I started to, to utilize it. And that began the transformation process. So guided meditations are a great tool to begin with. If you don't have access, and, there, and by the way, Dr. Dispenza's has uh, some guided meditations as well, too. We're working on some, don't have them ready yet, but Dr. Dispenza has some great tool to begin with. But if you don't want to do something like, like that, one of the easiest things to do and the best time to do is the first thing in the morning after you get up, your mind is not full of you know the day and all the things that have gone on. Don't look at your social media. Don't turn on your computer. Just get up, do your bathroom thing, go find a quiet place within your home and uh, that, that you feel relaxed in. And just sit there and just deep, it, deep breathe in through the nose, right, for a count of four. Hold for a count of eight. Exhale out through the mouth through the count of 12 and do those through a cycle of eight. I guarantee you, you're going to feel more calm, more relaxed. And, and just close your eyes and don't resist the thoughts that flow to you. What I suggest is, is to embrace those thoughts and to identify those thoughts. Ask yourself, okay, is this a thought that I need to spend time on or is this something I can file away like on your computer in a folder and get back to later on, right? Like say to yourself, okay, I got to take the dog out. Eh, I could probably file that, okay? Unless the dog's jumping on your lap, probably needs to go yeah. out. But you get the point right? And then observe your thoughts. Don't resist because what you resist persists. So if you embrace them and then file them. So let's say it's something you got to handle today. Let's say it's, you know, I've got to have that conversation with one of my employees today. That's a great tool to work on. And so then what I would do is I would think about the outcome. What is the outcome I want from that experience? 
how do I want to show up? I want to show up. I want to show up empathetic. I want to show up with a kind, loving heart. And I want to show up very specifically as, as it relates to my employee. What's the outcome I want? So this helps you to become more intentional. And then when you go about your day and then you go have that meeting with your employee and you see like, wow, that went well. It went well because you already played it out in your mind, right? Success leaves clues. And clues are those you know, results based on how you prepare yourself to show up. So a big part of my, my daily and morning meditation is reviewing my day in my mind, how it's going to go, what are the outcomes, how I'm going to show up for each one of those events. And I tell you, more times than not, that's exactly how it goes. Because the mind can't tell the difference between an actual event and one vividly imagined in great detail. So when you visualize, which is certainly one of the tools. Yeah. Yeah. So when you visualize using those tools, all of a sudden it begins to manifest and create uh, and happen within your life. I love that. I, I've experienced it myself many times, this ability or this phenomena where the, the brain really can't tell the difference between the imagined and the real. And I think one of the places people can experience that most obviously and very unsubtly is things like virtual reality. Your body responds physiologically as though it were real. And the imagination is just as powerful. And probably it's a more effective way of rewiring things anyway. The most powerful tool we have is our mind. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you about next was coming from the chiropractic tradition, being very experienced in that, moving from the, the mental and emotional to the physical. As entrepreneurs, we go through our days punishing ourselves, working very hard. When you observe entrepreneurs, you must observe a lot of habits, activities with a shake of your head, thinking they probably shouldn't be doing that. What are the things from a physical perspective that we could do to make our lives a lot easier and find a lot more energy? So when I coach people, <clears throat> the physical part is important because as entrepreneurs, right, it requires a lot of energy. And we need to make sure that we are taking the actions that are going to allow us to have the energy to be successful. And so as it relates to the physical, there's three things we do each and every day. And based on lifestyle choices, these choices are either providing us energy so we can go about our day and perform at the highest, right? So like a high performing entrepreneur should, or these are behaviors that take and zap energy from us, therefore not allowing us to be at our best. And that's how we eat, how we move, how we think. So we do an assessment in those three key areas so we can ensure that we are making deposits, energy deposits, and filling our uh, energy tank, and we can minimize and eliminate those things that are withdrawing energy from our tank. And, you know, to be really, I mean, we can get very specific in terms of the type of diet and nutrition. It's one of the reasons why we start our own nutrition line called Triple P Life Nutrition. I've uh, been taking supplements for 40 something years. You know, my background is in nutrition. And I said, you know what? Most supplements have very poor absorption and therefore utilization. I wanted to make sure that we can design something that has the highest absorption availability. So people are getting what they're taking to maximize cellular function. 
And so we worked with the company to develop what's called nanotechnology, which is exactly used for what pharmaceutical companies use to make sure they get the, the mole- molecules easily through the cell membrane. So the absorption rate is really well, and to do it a very, very fair and reasonable price. So nutrition is very important. How we move our exercise patterns, varying our exercise patterns, simple techniques throughout today to maximize energy. If you don't, you know, I've been exercising for 35 years, four to six times a week. I've only missed twice when I had hip surgery and knee surgery from injuries. But otherwise, it's been consistent. It's what we do as a family. One of the businesses I own is a fitness studio with my kids. They run it. And so this is a part of our life. This is what we do. And it's how I'm able to maintain a high level of performance as I've aged and be able to, you know, I'm a humble person, but it feels really good when somebody comes up to you and says, man, how old are you? And you go, I'm 58. He goes, get out of here, right? Because like you look better than me and I'm 35. And, you know, and it's not to to put anybody down or anything. But what I'm saying is I don't, you know, there's no magic formula. It's just making sure you're putting the right steps in place so you can live your very, very best life. My goal is to live to 100, but not just to exist to 100. I want to live to 100. I want to be able to pick up my great grandkids and go hiking and travel with them and enjoy, you know, the financial rewards of living a really well life. And so there is a certain amount of contribution I have to make each and every day to make sure that I ensure that that's a, you know, a strong possibility. Is it a guarantee? No, but it certainly puts my odds way above someone who's not living and eating and moving properly. And I think the thing we've, we've kind of already handled, I love the way that you broke that down into eat, move, and think. I wrote this down ahead of you when you said there are three areas, and I, I guessed two of them. Yeah. I, I, I had sleep in there. Sleep was the one that I wrote down. I didn't think of thinking. That's so obvious. Yeah. And, and sleep's a very strong com- component. We include that into the uh, move well aspect of it because part of movement is knowing when not to move, right? That's rest and repair and recovery. Nice. Now, the last place I want to go with you is you're clearly a high performer. Clearly, you take your business and your journey through that business very, very seriously. That That's so obvious. And whenever I speak to people who, for whom it, it seems easy or you might consider them a peak performer, I always have to find out where do they feel they struggle now? Often that's far more valuable for the listener than the areas where people seem to excel because it is very relatable. So in, in your business, where do you feel you still struggle? Or maybe it's a new struggle. So within the business or personally? You choose because yeah, in many respects, they are one and the same. Sure. So since I launched Triple P Life, I have a partner and starting any business from the ground floor is, is, is a challenge. So this, I would say the biggest struggle for me is moving away from the healing arts into more of the you know, technology aspect because we do a lot of things online, of course, with the podcast and courses and so on and so forth, is I had to learn that stuff, right? It's not what I, I learned in college. So it was a slow go at first. And so that was been the biggest uh, challenge for me personally. And now, you know, so much of it is delegated, but I believe it's important for the entrepreneur to know every aspect of their business and to be able to at least speak intelligently about each of the aspects. 
And then of course, I don't, you know, I didn't have a marketing background when it came to social media ads and things like that. So those would probably be the biggest challenges for me is learning complete new information that was formed based on the previous business models that we had and even some of the new businesses that we have. So that's what I would say has been the biggest challenge over the last few years or so. I think, yeah, when you, whenever you try and learn something new from the very beginning, it's, it's so hard because you just know how much you don't know. Um, that's right. Yeah, I that's relate right. to that. And, which, which really gets to what, what I mentioned before. It's one of the elements of the, of the formula of success is it's about who you surround yourself with. You know, I've been, I've been so blessed to have incredible people come into my life. But as I mentioned to you, right, um, success comes from you, not to you. And it's very similar to Holly's saying and Holly's quote. It's who you are that attracts people, opportunities, and events yeah. to you. And so that's why this personal growth thing, it's so important. In fact, I would say, someone said to me, when do you, you know, w- when do you stop working on the personal development? I said, when they throw the last shovel on me. And then maybe, who, I, who knows, I'll take it into the, <laughs> to the, there, you know, the hereafter. I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll let you know when I get there. Maybe, hopefully, I can, I can let you know. But this is something I'll do for the rest of my life because you never stop growing. You never stop learning, right? There's only two directions in life. There's forward and backward. And if we bring it in terms of life, right, you're either adding life or you're taking away from life from everything that we do. So we're either growing, living, or regressing and dying. The question is, yes, we're all one day closer to the end. The, the, the question then becomes, how fast are we moving towards that? And what's the quality going to be? Every day, the choices we make are making that decision for us. We just got to be conscious of and make better choices. I think this is a conversation. I think this is a conversation a lot of people need to hear. I'm really grateful for your time today. If people want to connect with you, if they want to go deeper with you, you have a podcast. Where can people find it? Any of your favorite podcast apps. Again, it's power, passion, prosperity. It's all one word with Dr. J. And like I said, any of your favorite podcasting apps, Apple, Chrome, Spotify, et cetera. They can go to our website, powerpassionprosperity.com. They could sign up to be a free member and they'll get notification of our show and our blogs and events and courses and things like that. And if they want to learn more about our nutrition, that's Triple P Life Nutrition, Triple P Life Nutrition. And of course, on social media, you can find me at Dr. J. LaGuardia and the last name is spelled L-A capital G-U-A-R-D-I-A. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and I'm no longer on Twitter. That's a cesspool of toxicity I decided to remove myself from. (laughs) (laughs) And trust me, everybody, it's worth going just to see this guy's jawline. It's just a thing to behold, (laughs) honestly. Thank you, Bob. (laughs) I'm very jealous. So, Jay, I need to end with the one question that I ask every guest, and it's what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? It's a great question. It really is. I'm going to take it back a little bit further than five years because I've been around a while. I had interviewed Sharon Lecter, who was the co-founder of Richard Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. In fact, she helped co-author that book, although she never does get any credit because Richard's always on the front. She left Richard and became CEO of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, of course, the author of Think and Grow Rich that every entrepreneur should read at least every other year. And I had her on a show, and she was telling me about a, a book that she annotated 
that Napoleon Hill did not release when he was alive because his wife begged him not to because she thought it would affect their social status. And the name of the book is called Outwitting Mm. the Devil. And I would tell you, it's one of those game-changing books, right? It's right in my top 10 for certain. And this book, Napoleon Hill's having this conversation with the devil, and he's talking about the things that are undermining people's happiness and joy and success. And I'm not going to get into the details, but in specific, in the book, they talk about the formula for success. Now, I'll share the formula with you. I did make some, I did take some liberties and add one element. It used to be five, now it's six. And I told Sharon this, and she's like, that's brilliant. She goes, that's, I could see how that would fit in there. So this originally comes from Napoleon Hill, and I added the last element. But I wish I would have known this back in the day because every endeavor that you pursue, if you apply this formula, in my opinion, it's 100% guaranteed of success. So let me share the formula with you. The first element of the formula is P, and P stands for passion. Have you ever met anyone who is successful who isn't passionate about their pursuit of their endeavor? Of course not. It's just not not possible. So passion, the second element, so it's P plus T, is talent. Now you need to have a certain level of skill and knowledge to be able to apply that passion to deliver a product or service. So you need to invest in you every single day, every single year to expand your skill sets and your knowledge. Right. When you stop learning, you stop growing. I've said it multiple times, but it's so important to repeat. The next element is A, so it's P plus T times A. So the first A is associations. I can't tell you how critical it is to make sure you surround yourself with people who empower you and build you up in strong and noble thought. If you're the smartest person in the room, find a new room. If you're a millionaire and you want to figure out how to become a multi-hundred millionaire, go find that person. If you're a hundred millionaire, you want to become a billionaire, go find that person. If you want to get into real estate and have you know, a plethora of rental properties generating cash flow, go find that person. So your network is essential. Your associations are essential to your growth and to your prosperity. The second A, so P plus T times A times A is actions. It's great to have passion. It's great to have talent. But if you don't put it to work, if you don't do the work, if you're not committed, if you're not willing to overcome adversity by busting through it over, under, and around it because of your strong passion and desire to achieve what it is you want, you're never going to be successful. It just doesn't happen. It takes work. The next element is F, which is faith. Now, for some, faith is theological and great. If you have faith, faith in something bigger than yourself, That's wonderful. But faith can also be faith in you, a belief that no matter what, you're going to accomplish your goal. You'll figure it out. You'll find the people to help you make it become your reality. So faith in something bigger than yourself, but also faith in yourself. And then the final element is T. So it's P plus T times A times A plus F plus T equals guaranteed success. And that last element is time. And this is the one that I added. Here's the thing we can't predict. We all set goals and understand that a successful goal-setting process should have a timeline. It should have an end line, where it is we're going to be in three months, six months, whatever. 
Okay. You get, you get the concept, but you know what? It may not always happen on your timeline. Be willing to commit the time necessary to get done what needs to get done. And so if you apply this formula to matter, no matter what endeavor it is that you're pursuing, I guarantee you're going to experience success. And then you keep focused on this formula. So the formula success, I wish I knew this, you know, way back in the day. Uh, and there's no telling where I, I think I might be and we're in a good place now, but this would be great for your listeners to take away and, and to apply it to their own lives. I have written it down alongside the phrase, and the award for best thing in a podcast goes to Dr. Jay LaGuardia. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was a really, really good answer. One of my favorites. And honestly, that could have been an episode in its own right. So you might have to come back sometime. I would be thrilled to. Jay, you have been an awesome guest. I'm really grateful for your time. And I would love to meet you in person sometime. But for the moment, from the listeners, thank you very much. And from me, thank you. You've been awesome. Bob, thank you for having me. As you can tell, it's something I'm so passionate about. I love helping people. I just hope that your audience you know, picks a few gems out and can apply it to their life. And then I know the time that I spent was worth it. And if you have further questions, just reach out to me. I did forget to mention, you could email me to drj at triplepeelife.com. And thank you again, Bob, so much. My pleasure. And I hope they will email you.